0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, it's that time of year where we are trying to organize and prep and plan for the upcoming season. And some of the gear that we use takes batteries. Now, you should go visit your local Interstate Battery store or visit interstatebatteries.com to check out all the different varieties of batteries that they offer. They have truck batteries. They have batteries for your trail cameras. They have batteries for your range finder and everything else that is electronic that you use for your hunting equipment. They have batteries for that. Interstatebatteries.com, awesome company. Check them out. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. Check out vortexoptics.com for a bunch of kick ass shit. Let's see here today's podcast we're going to be talking with ben personer out of michigan who ever since he was 14 has been taking trips out west to hunt elk the dude harvested his first elk when he was 14 then again uh, a handful of years later and then last year he goes on this trip with his dad where he um hammers a elk in wyoming and then a couple days later another elk in colorado so um i just want to say i really hate this dude because i've been going out i want i've been out for three different elk trips and in or two actually this year will be my third one and the closest I guess aside from one encounter the closest elk that I've ever seen is like 200 yards away so um, this dude is on top of his game already at the age of like 22 or 24 he's in his early 20s and uh, I'm a little bit jealous I must say Uh, hopefully I change that going into this upcoming season but I tell you what, he's got it figured out. And the cool thing about this, and you'll hear this in the podcast, is his dad has been purchasing preference points for him ever since he was a little kid. And so now his dad and him can go on these epic, great hunts. Uh, You know, he's cashing in 11 or so points you know, buying buying him when he was, starts like six or seven years old and starts buying him preference points, and uh, now he, here he is, early twenties, doing some of these hunts that some guys are only going to be able to do maybe maybe two times in their entire life and and uh, he's drawing this you know, when he's 22 and he might be able to do it you know two or three maybe even four more times before it's all said and done so really awesome podcast about uh, uh, a young man who's going out west and getting it done and hearing uh, the story of that so uh, that's what today's podcast is about now if you like awesome tree stands, you need to go to lone wolf hunting slash nine fingers. I need all of you guys to go and visit that. Lone wolf hunting slash nine fingers. And the reason why I need you to go check that out is because, and when I say nine fingers, it's the number nine followed by the word fingers. Lone wolf hunting slash number nine fingers and uh, sign up. For the Nine Finger Chronicles giveaway, right? We're giving out. Uh, let's see, August first, September first, and October first. So we're giving away three more tree stands. Uh, and here's how you do it, right? We, you, you go to Lone Wolf Hunting Products slash nine fingers you enter your first name you enter your last name you enter your email address you submit it and that enters your email address into the drawing now what i do is at random um, towards the beginning of every month i go in and i pick a winner and that winner gets uh, a tree stand of their choice a climber a hang on or a set of four sticks uh Casey Witt was July's winner so congrats to to Casey and when you submit this you automatically get a discount code right and that discount code will save you $50 on all purchases over $120. Now, a lone wolf tree stand, or excuse me, $199. So a lone wolf tree stand is roughly you know, $225, you know, $250, depending on which one you get. And you cut $50 off that, it's like a 20%, uh, somewhere around 20% discount. Uh, that's a pretty good discount, right? And that discount code is 9FC50. Um, I'll just go ahead and give it to you. Now, hopefully, you guys followed that. I know it was all over the place there, but uh, go to lone wolf hunting nine fingers and enter to win one of the most badass tree stands on the market. Uh, American made, too, by the way. So uh, take that into consideration. Other than that, a couple more housekeeping things. Please. Go subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, subscribe to it, wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever, it's everywhere, so uh, just search for it and you'll find it, subscribe to it, then it will come automatically, or you can subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation podcast as well, and you'll get not only the Nine Finger Chronicles, but you'll get all of of them, it's just two different RSS feeds. One is just Nine Fingers, and the other one has all of the Whitetail content. It's Sportsman's Nation Whitetail, right? That's where most of them are. Other than that, uh, bu- 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 check out the tr- the new film tradition. It's on YouTube. It's on the Sportsman's Nation Facebook page, and it's on the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page. Go watch it uh It's an awesome film about turkey hunting that um we produced, and uh I'm very happy with it uh I've been saying uh a lot, and I hate it when people do that, so I think I'm just gonna cut it short. Let's get into today's kick ass badass Friday podcast. Crack a beer and listen to this one unless you're on your way to work. then wait until you get home from work to crack the beer but anyway. Ben Personaire out of Michigan. All right, on the phone with with me right now, Mr. Ben Personaire. How you doing, man? Good. How are you, Dan? Can't complain. Can't complain at all. Uh, It's hot in Iowa right now. What's it like in Michigan?
1: Uh, I think it reached 90 today. It's pretty brutal.
0: Yeah. Uh, I am not a fan of, like, I don't care if it's hot. You know, if it's one of those days where I don't need to be clean, I guess you could say if, if I'm if I'm going to be outside working or doing something active it's, and it's OK to sweat. But when I have to go to like some kind of special occasion, like a wedding or something like mm-hmm. going out to dinner with the wife or something like that, and then you're just dripping sweat all over the place. Uh, it's a bit disgusting, but I'm to the age now where I guess I don't care anymore. <laughs> right yeah all right you know, so what part of michigan are you from man from
1: uh western michigan just uh west of grand rapids a little ways okay. so yeah that's where i've been where i was born that's where i grew up and yeah been
0: hunting around in michigan my whole life and how far yeah that's how far are you from lake michigan
1: uh, about uh,
0: 15 20 miles or so okay I, uh, I've visited, Park. let's see, I've visited, what's that, uh, Grand Haven a couple times up there, uh, yep. for the Coast Guard mm-hmm. Festival. Oh, yeah, I get, can get rowdy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty fun, that's pretty fun up there. Uh, what do you, <laughs> uh, what do you do for a living?
1: I'm a machine builder at a company, we make food grade equipment, so any type of food processing, um... We make equipment that helps with that, and uh, so I do a lot of welding and a lot of fabbing and stuff like that. Okay, it can be pretty fun
0: until ninety degrees out, it's <laughs> too hot to weld. Yeah, right. So, did you go to like a trade school or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. They sent me to school. Yeah, my work did. So I've been going to school and taking classes. I've completed. A bunch of classes, and I don't know. They just keep sending me to school, so I keep taking classes.
0: Right. So was this something like right out of high school? You, yeah. Like a company pursued you, or how? How did that work? Because most most kids um, go to college.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going to college, and um, then my uh, dad's friend said, hey, how about uh, Ben works for this company? And my dad's friend was actually the salesman for our company. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, it just seems a little more interesting than uh, sitting behind a desk and uh, going into piling up a bunch of debt for uh student loan. So, yeah, I've been there for almost, it'll be five years in September.
0: Yeah, and really the only thing that you're missing out in is in college is, I don't know, like partying. But if you're, yeah, if you're in the quote-unquote adult world, you can still do that on the weekends. Most of the weekends.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, work Saturday most Saturday mornings. I try to, so I have to keep it tame on Friday nights. But uh, yeah, last couple of Fridays I haven't been, or Saturdays I haven't been working, so I can stay out late Fridays. But. There you
0: go. There you go. Well, that, that's pretty smart you know that's what i'm gonna tell my kids to do is go to some kind of trade school or find a a company that's gonna pay you know pay for it and uh or mm-hmm. you know go straight into something because you think about it, i'm here i am thirty eight and i i'm still my wife and I are still paying student loans that equal like uh i'm gonna say three hundred and fifty dollars a month between the two of us oh dang yeah so that's <laughs> bullshit <laughs> yeah definitely yeah mm-hmm. all right so we're gonna go all the way back um have you always lived in michigan yeah i was born in uh zealand okay all right but, yeah pretty close to the lake all right and mm-hmm. um have were you born into an outdoors family like hunting and fishing and the whole nine yards
1: yeah my dad um pretty hardcore into it and my dad's dad, uh, didn't do it at all. But for some reason, my dad just picked it up and he loved it. And he's been, uh, taking me and I have an older brother and he's been dragging us along ever since we could walk. And, uh, um, yeah, for, for too long, he was dragging us up into tree stands and be beaver trapping since we were, I don't know, since we could walk we could we were going beaver trapping with them and that kind of that kind of petered out as uh birth prices went down but um yeah we've been doing stuff outside as long as i can since i've
0: been walking basically right and and how old are you now 24 24 wow that's uh that's uh 14 years younger than me I think, I don't know, I wonder, I actually had, like, a 14-year-old on the podcast once. Uh, He was with his dad, and he he talked uh, with his dad, but you might be 24, I'm not sure, it might be one of the youngest uh, people I've ever had on the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, my buddy Blake is somewhere around there, too, when you had him
0: on. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah. Your buddy reached out uh, to me, and he was like, hey, man, you need to get my my other uh yeah (laughs) my buddy on he's uh he he kills a lot of animals so with your job with your with your job do you get a lot of uh time off to go hunt throughout Uh, the year
1: no No, you know actually me and my boss were discussing that today um because i have the first two weeks of september off and because i got two weeks technically that i can take off and uh he's like so that uh, Sunday, right, you can uh, fly out to Canada. That that uh, Sunday, right after that, my two weeks are up. Like, uh, like, uh, hopefully I can be back by that time. But I don't know. We'll we we'll have to figure that out. I'm hoping to take a couple more days off because, uh, yeah, I'm. I should should mention I'm going out west again this year and trying to just spend two weeks out there is kind of hard, but yeah. Um, yeah, two weeks is what they allow me. I think they will give me a little bit more time, just because I've been there for five years. So,
0: yeah, yeah, we'll see what this year brings. So you spend all of your vacation going out? Yeah, last.
1: <laughs> yeah. The past uh,
0: two two years has been that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's basically what I did as well. I mean, at the end of my cubicle days. Um, before I got laid off, I, I was accumulating five weeks of vacation and uh, let's see, three of it was pretty much dedicated to a Western trip and uh, let's see, three of it was a Western trip and two weeks for the whitetail rut here in Iowa. And then, um, you know, the others was, oh man, I'm sick or I tr- like turkey hunting mm-hmm. took a couple days and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. so you don't you don't take any vacation time during the rut
1: um no i haven't in the past um two years i in 2016 i took a week and two days in the rut because i had an iowa tag gotcha um but other than that i don't the thing about uh michigan we don't really have the biggest deer out so uh (laughs) i'd rather just take the vacation time out out west where it's you know, where there's bulls bugling and I don't know, it's a little bit more fun. I i had one year where I did save um like one or two days for the rut and I just was like I seen so many people and I was just like what am I doing? I should have stayed out and out west a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. So you you do you've kind of grown up turkey hunting deer hunting fishing it looks like you do some waterfowl hunting as well but yeah yeah Mm -hmm. your passion it seems has kind of shifted towards the west why is that
1: um i'd i'd say my passion has always kind of been the west it's just been i've just been taken a little bit more seriously the past couple years um my dad we have a bunch of pictures of my dad when he was younger with like plaid and shooting big aluminum arrows and sitting behind just you know big elk and that's something that i've always always looked up to and we actually this past weekend watched a film called elk fever i don't know if too many people have heard about that but it's with larry d jones and dwight shoe and we're just kind of reminiscing about that because it's that's a video that I kind of grew up on, and just once you get enough vacation time and um, you know of um, school, then you can finally go do it.
0: Yeah. So um, I guess your passion then had you seen your dad he was an outdoorsman too right so he he was taking the trips all those trips and you saw that he was doing that and you saw that i guess he was getting enjoyment out of it then did you start going with him or was this something that just happened recently and you kind of started going on your own
1: it's um Basically, well, my dad's been with me every time I've been out west. And I should mention that I was, me and my brother's muzzleloader tags in New Mexico when I was 12 and he was 14. And somehow we drew those tags. And that was like, and we went out west. And then we didn't go out west for 10 years, I think. And then then, we've, then I've been going out west for the past um two years out hunting and then iowa was the year before that and i don't really know if you consider iowa out west but for us in michigan yeah it's right. kind of
0: west right mm-hmm. not necessarily a western state but uh you no. know as far as you know other mm. big game species but um so you were were you 12 or were you 14 when you went out with that muzzleloader tag for the first time
1: I was 12 and my brother was 14. And I remember sitting by, by the old computer and it was like, oh, great, Joe, you drew a tag. It's like, oh, great, Ben drew a tag, but a different unit. So it was like, okay, what are we going to do? So um, we went out. There. My dad and my mom went out to uh, New Mexico and they scouted both of our units. And then my brother and I flew out there with my grandpa. And then so the opening day, we had to split and for the hunt the next, or the next morning. And, uh, yeah, so my brother ended up killing a bull the first day then I ended up killing a bull the second day. And, uh, but it's a five day hunt that uh youth hunt is. So you kind of have to, you know, really get after it. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to both come home with bulls that year and yeah. And, we haven't made it out since like my brother this year will be his first time back out elk hunting since that happened so wow. yeah
0: so you killed your first you're from Michigan you killed your first elk when you were 14 12 12 okay my brother so was 14. okay you're the yep. younger yep. younger one okay so when yep. you were 12 years yep. old um what was what was that like walk us through that story
1: All right yeah so obviously we had to separate and so my dad and i went to this different unit in the rental car and it was just it's um just loads and miles and miles of just washboard gravel road and i mean you're you're going for hours and hours way back in there and the first morning we got onto some bulls and um we just kept getting close and close to them down this ridge and then Finally, we heard this bull bugle, and he was so far off, so we're like, all right, we're just going to sit over for some uh, water tonight. Well, we d- didn't see anything over that water hole, and that's really, really effective in New Mexico um, to sit over water holes just because there's not a whole lot of water around. And uh, we didn't see anything the first night. Um, the second morning, we got into another bull And we were getting close. Like, I was waiting for this bull to pop out. I had the shooting forks ready. And then you'd hear him bugle a little ways further. And it's like, any moment this bull is going to pop out. And then all of a sudden we jump a bunch of mule deer. And they take off. And they take the whole elk herd with them, too. And so um, we didn't get anything that morning. then the second evening, we uh, had to actually go into town. So we had to go to this. One part of the unit, and we're like, you know, we don't have time to um, go way back in, so we'll just we'll just sit on this one little water hole that uh, is not too far back in. So we sat over it at the, um, the second evening, and so yeah, I had the muzzleloader um, and my dad was sitting right next to me, and we were sitting about eighty yards off from this water hole, and as soon as the sun got below the mountains a little bit and it started getting a little bit darker. We started hearing footsteps coming down the side, side of the mountain. And, uh, it was about eight cows and right behind them was a nice little five by five. And my dad's like, all right, don't shoot a cow. (laughs) And so, uh, this five by five comes into the water hole and I, I seen a cow's back and, um, in my scope and hindsight, I probably should have waited, but I mean, I was 12 years old and my dad, my dad's just like, don't shoot a cow. And I, I shot over a cow's back and you know, muzzleloader, you, you see a, uh, all you see is smoker right after you shoot. Yeah. And well, all, all the elk are just standing there and my dad just rips the gun out of my hands, and get another bullet in there. Cause he thinks I missed the cows take off That bull's still standing there. And uh, he's jamming another bullet in there. And this bull is just, sitting there and all of a sudden it just takes a couple of steps and just and the, the bull tips over. And yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. And, um, yeah, I had a nice, nice five by five. It was not a, not a giant, but it's, you know, for 12 years old, I was, I was really, <laughs> really pumped about
0: that. Obviously. I think the, uh, the
1: best, yeah uh, the best part was, uh, my brother and my mom and my grandpa, they had about a two mile pack out um for his bowl and uh my uh my bowl we just drove the car right up to it and t- put all the meat and antlers inside and yeah we had a no pack out whatsoever so that was kind of nice yeah obviously and that was yeah, pretty cool after, yeah it, the next nice big bowl and stuff and then uh then we meet up with my brother and that turkey that first first evening was sitting over uh Water hole, and so i'm ready to show my brother these big antlers that i got and then i go up and see the seven by he killed and i am just like uh bad and i could i could take my antlers and fit them inside of his wow <laughs>
0: was this a yeah. public yeah. land uh was this like a public land unit or was this on like a, a ranch or something because it sounds like they're Oop. you guys got into the bulls real really well
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. This was completely public land. No, no guide. And this was the first year New Mexico had the youth muzzleloader hunt. So I don't think too many people knew about it. So yeah, me and my brother both drew this tag and for the, for these units. And, um, I never drew that youth hunt again. And then I actually had a friend of mine draw the youth hunt. I think he shot a four by four or something, but, um, yeah. we. I've never drew that unit again. And I think I tried the next, I forget what, how, what they consider a youth is, but until I wasn't a youth anymore, I tried for it and never, never drew it. And uh, yeah, never drew that unit until um, uh, that was t- 2007. Um, flash forward to 2017. So 10 years later, I'm, I seen uh, born and raised outdoors, put some post on Instagram. They're like, Oh, who drew New Mexico? I'm like, Oh, I'll just check New Mexico. And I, uh, put in for the same unit, just archery. And it's like, I don't know what, I forget what it was that year. What the chances of me drawing it, I think it was like, I don't know, six or 8% or something. And I've been putting it in most years when I can remember. And, uh, it just says the unit and it's green. And like, Hey dad, uh, did you have a unit and it was green or he's like, no, I had a red and it said unsuccessful. I'm like, goodness gracious. I drew the, I drew the same unit, um, that I went 10 years ago just with a bow tag. Um, yeah, the first, the first season, the September one through 14. So yeah, we, we actually had mule deer tags. Um, we planned on mule deer hunting in Colorado that year but we had to kind of forfeit those and uh we actually didn't get our money back but um either save your points or you save your money and I'd rather save the points cuz we had quite a few points for these newer tags so we had to hand those in and um go after New Mexico elk and yeah I brought my dad
0: with me and uh one second yeah that was one second here um is New Mexico a lottery state, right? They're not a preference point state, right? So you can no, not. the the guy who's been yeah. applying for a unit for twenty years has the same uh chance as a guy who's applying for it for one year, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's why I almost I almost hate to say it. Um yeah New Mexico at um put you have just as good of a chance of drawing that your first year of putting in is somebody that's been putting in for 20 years. So, wow. I mean, it's something that I would put in for every year, even though the, the unit, the chance of drawing are not that great, but I always just kind of put in every year just cause it, you can get into some pretty, pretty good elk hunting.
0: Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, uh, you got drawn on the, the same exact, uh, same exact unit uh, with a different weapon mm-hmm. with a bow. Now, uh, yep. when you're making your plan to go back out there, were you and your dad planning on going back to the same area that you were at before?
1: Yep. And my dad actually knew a couple of guys from West Michigan that hunted that same unit. So I talked to them as well. And, um, you know, they, the, when the chance of drawing a unit are so hard to draw, people are a little bit more um, easy to give up their, give up a spot or two just to, you know, draw some circles on a map or something. So yeah, we had a couple other circles on the map besides where I hunted. So that kind of helped out. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was 2017.
0: This time you're going back with a different weapon. Did you have, uh, I mean, were you pretty confident that if you had a, you know, cause hunting with a gun and hunting with a, uh, a bow or two completely different things. Uh, when you, you know, when you got out there, did you feel confident with your archery tackle or were you just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do?
1: Yeah, I felt pretty confident. I mean, I shoot fairly often and um,
0: yeah, shooting pretty
1: long ranges and had a fairly decently heavy arrow set up with a um, pretty good broadhead. So I was pretty confident with it and I, I um pretty confident that I could, you know, blow through an elk. Got ya. Um
0: so yeah, you uh so when you got out there, uh what's the terrain like in New Mexico? I don't know if I've ever had anybody it's, on the on the uh podcast talk about elk in New Mexico.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like I mean if all the elk hunters like I've heard of people that have hunted elk for years and years and new mexico's super fun just because they, they got mountains but it's not like snow snowcat peaks like colorado like you go to colorado it's just giant and yeah. uh it's, it's it's big country it's almost more say, wild because you're so so far away like the nearest like if, if something were to go bad out there say like you get bit by a snake which almost happened um you you're not going to get back to a hospital for another once you reach the vehicle you're not going to get back for another 4 to 6 hours or so where i guess there's certain places in colorado you could probably um get that far back in as well but new mexico um you can get far back um as far as just roads go but um yeah yeah the terrain the terrain isn't so up and down it's more i want to say hilly because coming from michigan it's it's pretty much mountains compared to michigan but yeah it's um got a lot of a lot of pines and a lot of junipers and um a lot of um not a whole lot of water so when you do find water you better better be close to it because generally there's a herd of elk nearby
0: yeah so water is kind of a key strategy point
1: yeah, unless unless if it uh, my dad's been out there where it's just downpoured the whole time, and he says the elk just poof, they spread out, and it, it can be almost a nightmare because I don't think the elk density out in New Mexico is quite like the other states, but um, yeah, if you find some water, you can definitely get into them if if water is scarce,
0: yeah okay so uh you get you get back out there for your uh for your archery hunt and uh how did that turn out for you walk us through that uh that trip
1: all right yeah we uh the we had a buddy tell us to just glass off of this high knoll so the night before we were just right by the truck the night before the season started we were just right by the truck and I actually glassed up a pretty big bull, um, right at dark. And it was one of those things like just makes you go, Ooh. And, uh, it was, we had a truck right there on this knoll. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the only one here because we're like the only road going back into this area. And there was a little five by five with them and a spike and some cows. I'm like just, and I actually a weird thing is I had cell coverage, so I'm telling all my buddies like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get on this bull tomorrow and try to kill him." And long story short, the next morning I found that five by five little other little bull in the cows, and I could not find that big bull. I don't know what happened. Um, we're pretty close to private, so maybe he went on there. I don't know, but um, yeah, that morning didn't get anything and then in the afternoon we're like well let's go drive over to where i killed that bull in 2007 so we drive down there and go all the way to this tank and legally in new mexico you can't park on a tank um for those of you that don't know a water hole in the tank are the same thing like people out there will call them tanks when i think of tank i think of like some big metal thing but any water hole is a tank. And so we drive back there and then we last quarter mile to see if we can sit on this uh water hole that evening and we get back there and there's a dodge pickup parked like twenty feet away from the water and there's three guys having lunch right there because they were gonna hunt that this that night. And it's like great and these guys were just talking just like no big deal and talking with it like as loud as I'm talking right now and I'm just like okay they blew whatever elk out of here and so uh, we went to a different area that may have had some water and turned out had too much water because there was a creek going through there so I was uh, planning on sitting on this um, water hole that I could see on a map well didn't really work out when there's water through this whole canyon so we just kind of hiked around in glass and just listened for bugles that evening. And I went to pull up my binoculars and look across this valley. And um, I, I was thinking to myself, hmm, I'm going to kind of crouch down next to this log a little bit and, you know, rest my binoculars uh, with my elbows on my knees for stability. And all of a sudden I hear, a... and I, I just jump up and my eyes got huge. I look over at my dad and he's like, is that a rattlesnake? I'm like, it sounded like it, but <laughs> I don't want to go check. Then yeah, it was no doubt in my mind a rattlesnake was sitting underneath that log I almost sat on. So that, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah I jumped up so quick, and uh, after that I was just so so paranoid about stepping on a uh, rattlesnake the whole rest of the time. So yeah, we didn't we actually seen a cow and two calves that night, and um, right at dark, and then we hiked back um, in the dark. <laughs> and uh so the next so we were kind of contemplating what we should do that morning because um the second morning we we're kind of bouncing ideas off each other and we had um one guy tell me that this one that a certain area of the unit he you know a fair amount of bowls in and so he's like yeah you got to go check this out i'm like well it's." By the time we get back there, it's going to be like one or so, one in the morning, and uh, we just say, you know what? What the heck? We'll we'll just try it. I've never been in this place at all before, so we drive out to this main gravel road, head down this gravel road for a while, and then we pull up into this two track. Well, if we to this two track, and the first probably five miles of this two track, there's an elk camp, there's another elk camp, there's another, another elk camp. And we're just like, great. And then, um, then it got to where it was the two track kind of was hardly a two track anymore. And I think there's, there's, I think there's still pieces of my dad's running board from his (laughs) truck laying out there because bottomed out his truck so bad, so many times. And I don't, I don't think people realize like how bad it is, um, just hitting rocks and stuff. And it, um, Yeah, there we did a number on his truck on that trip in there, and so yeah, we sure enough we got in there to kind of where I wanted this ridge that I wanted to hunt, and I just basically this one guy said this these um this mountain range not really mountain range but you know this this group of ridges and I just basically picked one and we're like all right we're gonna hike up here in the morning and got you know three or four hours of sleep because we didn't get in there till one o'clock and um I hiked up in the morning before before light we got up on top of that ridge before it got light out and uh we started sneaking around these ridges and i didn't hear a single bugle for a little while and then <clears throat> my dad's like ben is that bugle I'm like, i, I he's like yeah I think that was a bugle like, alright you're making stuff up but I'll I'll act like uh, I'll act like I believe you so we go sneaking down there and I um all of a I hear like a ooh 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 and he's so I'm like okay yeah maybe that was a bugle so I go sneaking down there and um as soon as I pop up just creep up over the top of this uh ridge I see a w- big whale tail of a 6 by 6 elk um walking along and he's, I think I pull up my rangefinder. I ranged him at 80 80 yards and, but he was already working his way down. And by the time I put my rangefinder down and it was, it was so thick. And uh, by the time I put my rangefinder down and he probably would have been past that. And I seen him last, I seen him was going down um, into the bottom. And then i kind of crept along the one side. And then I hear bugle all the way up on the other side of the canyon again. I'm like, great. Never going to catch up to this bull. And I was like, all right, I'll just keep on following this canyon down. And I uh, follow this ridge down to where it met some other ridges. And then I hear this bull bugle, and he's way the heck out there. I'm like, all right. It's like, it's getting 10 o'clock, and I don't want to be like Debbie Downer that it can't happen in the middle of the day. But, um In New Mexico, once it gets hot, the elk would find a nice shady shady tree or shady juniper on a bench, and they'll bed down in the middle of the day. So, um, yeah, we went back to the truck um, after that. Yeah, that was the second morning. So we went back to the truck and kind of regrouped a little bit, shot some arrows, um, then... I was just dinking around my GPS and I seen like a little thing that said a spring back in basically where I had last seen that bull, but just we, so we decided how about we put tent, put our tent in all of our gear to stay the night um, on our backs. And then we'll just go to the spring and we'll see if there's any water there. And we'll sit over it tonight and then we'll hike up further in and then set up camp overnight. And then we can be, um, right into elk country, um, fairly, fairly easily in the morning. Cause it was quite a trek back there. And so, yeah, we got our camp all on our backs and everything. And, um, and as soon as we start to get closer to this tank, I see a shredded tree and I see a bunch of elk tracks and we're getting close to this tank and there's more shredded trees just from elk uh from bulls just busting it up and um we finally get up to this tank and which is basically like a little puddle um in this it's not really even a two track it's just a little puddle in this trail and uh my dad's eyes get so big i'm just like yeah i think there's some elk here my dad's like yeah you think there's some elk here like you could probably punch your tag right now if you wanted to. Cause like Ben, we're going to kill something tonight. Like, um, okay. And so we, uh, we basically sat, we sat 30 yards off from that, uh, basically a puddle just downwind of it. And we sat there and it was starting to get dark. Like the sun was about ready to set. And on this, um, thinking okay yeah we're gonna set up camp tomorrow or we're gonna set up camp tonight hunt wherever tomorrow morning and uh all of a sudden my dad says to me ben you hear that like, yeah. <laughs> yeah i hear uh you hear that uh footsteps of an elk coming down the coming down this ridge and my dad's like ben it's a five by five and it's like a 320 and like okay i don't know how you could tell it's like through the trees and uh about uh, 120 yards away and i could hardly see its antlers and this bull comes in to about 80 yards and it just stops and then it kind of looks in our direction i'm just like great and I'm, I'm like sure enough yeah this is a pretty big bull and this bull takes a couple more steps and he stops and he scans and it's almost like uh what a what a whitetail to do and i i Elks normally aren't that weary, but um, it's basically what a whitetail would do. And then he got in a little bit closer, and then he got into about 50 yards, and I was like, Dad, should I shoot him now? And he's like, no, might as well just wait for him to come right into the water. And uh, so this bull comes in, and he's, like, facing right at me. And so I didn't want to draw my bow because I don't know how long he's going to be facing at me. So then he kind of pivoted over and he was slightly, slightly quartering at me, and he put his head down to drink, and I slowly drew my bow. And, yeah, he was 30 yards, put my 30-yard pin right on him and shot him. And where I seen the arrow hit, I'm like, oh, great, I hit him pretty good. And he takes off, and I see where the arrow was sticking out. One, the arrow didn't pass all the way through it. It was still kind of dangling Yeah. with that arrow exited low and like behind the rib cage so i'm just kind of rolling my eyes like great i didn't realize he was quartering that much towards me and so this bull goes running up the ridge kind of back where he came from he's about 100 yards away and i see his head's down he's acting hurt and then um also i see i it was kind of thick so Really tell what was all going on. I could just see his whitish body and I could see his head down. And also I see uh feet walking up to him. I'm like, what the heck? And it wasn't like a you know, a elk or a deer. I'm like, this is like big feet walking up to him. I'm like, What the heck is that? And all of a sudden it comes out and there's a bear like twenty yards behind him. And I'm like, Great, this bear is gonna scare this elk and I'm not gonna see this elk. He's gonna run another quarter mile or so and this bear, it wasn't a very big bear, but looks at him, this elk turns around, the elk looks at the bear, and then that was about it. And then the bear, the bear started walking down, and he actually came into the water hole, and um, he took a couple drinks, and then he took off. And this bull is just not going down, and I'm... I even asked my dad, you think I should just sneak up there and put another arrow in him? I was like, no, no, don't do that, because you're just going to spook him and we'll never see him. And so then this bull, it, he finally sat down, but his head was still up, and then you could see the, the rack, it was vertical, and then you see the rack kind of tilt over the side, and then he'd pick it back up, and this was going on for maybe a half hour or something. So I think I probably got one lung and liver, maybe yeah i don't i obviously didn't do lungs because he would have been done yeah but while this bull is up there um a six by six and i almost guarantee you it was a six the six by six that i seen um that morning because he had the same kind of a whale tail like the whale tail didn't split off like really big it was just like i don't know Um, it basically, the main bee went straight back and then his other one went straight up and it was like the same exact size as um, this bull I seen that morning and this bull comes in right, he has no idea this other bull is up there and this bull comes into the water and he just bugles out a big old bugle and then this bull's done drinking and he walks straight up to us and this bull is literally 10 yards away from us and uh, yeah, too bad me and too bad my dad and i didn't put in together because he could have totally shot this one this one was probably about a 300 inch six by six and uh yeah that bull went back and um back to the uh, water hole and then by that time i was paying attention to that six by six and then my five by five had expired and started rolling down the hill and then that scared off the six by six and then, yeah, I'm like, well, I guess I'll grab, start doing, start doing the heavy pack out. And it wasn't that bad of a pack out. It was only three quarters of a mile. And I think between me and my dad, we made it in, uh, I think, three, four trips. But yeah, it wasn't that bad of a pack out because it was pretty flat. And the funny the funny thing is, um, we were packing this bull out. And the last, last load we had was the antlers and, um, I cut off the ribs with a saw and that was our last load. And that last load, there was a bunch of guts that were pulled out from some, some animal had grabbed it already. um, Oh, wow. As we were, yeah. So, uh, there was a bunch of uh, lung and guts that were pulled out of it. So, um... Yeah, I didn't realize that animals would get on it that quick, but um, sounds I like guess, they uh, do. Maybe it was that. Way. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So while you're yeah, a, so the first year, yeah, you obviously you're real young. Probably, you know, I don't know what a what a twelve year old does and doesn't know. But then you go back a handful of years later and you shoot one with a bow. Did did the archery hunt feel more rewarding than the muzzleloader hunt? Yeah, because um,
1: I kind of the a lot of the decisions were up to me. um, I did, you know, bounce ideas off off my dad and stuff, which really really helps. But um, it felt like it was more like instead of um, my dad hunting and I was just tagging along. It
0: seemed. All right. So then after that New Mexico hunt, uh, you went back out west what the next year or the next two years yeah yeah
1: 2018 i uh went back out that was 2017 the new mexico hunt what year was that 2018 the new mexico hunt yeah that was 2017
0: okay 2017 for the uh for new mexico and then you went out west again on what for two two elk hunts on the same year,
1: yeah, that wasn't the plan, but um, yeah, the original plan was me to just go to Wyoming, and that was that was just it. It was just gonna be me to go to Wyoming and go with my dad right and um yeah i i've been I can't really say I've been building points for the past. Uh, man, 10, however many years. My dad's been putting in for points in Wyoming before I I even knew what points were. So (laughs) I can't really say I've been putting in points. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been very blessed that he puts in for points um, for me back in the day. Now I do it. But, um, yeah, before I even really knew what points were, he was putting in, yeah, I brought you a Wyoming point. I, I kind of feel like a spoiled kid having my dad uh put in for points for all these different states but you know it he likes he likes seeing you know uh me and my brother hunting and right. shooting stuff almost more than more than he himself hunting so right so how many yeah. points
0: did you cash in on this uh on this wyoming hunt
1: Oh eleven eleven 11 11 max points yeah max points was 12
0: for that for that unit yeah holy yep. cow so you yeah I, I, you know I, I i'm taking it this was a really good unit for trophy for trophy bulls
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah um i i'm not going to try to guess where it's at but uh uh was this a mountain hunt or was this more to the eastern side of the state this was a mountain hunt a mountain hunt. Sure. okay yeah all right so yep. was this in grizzly bear country no, no, okay, no. All right, so eleven points you cashed in. That is, uh, that's amazing. And uh, did you yeah. did you give your dad a big hug for that and a big thank you for collecting points?
1: I, I've given it a couple hugs when, uh, yeah, when we were all cutting, But I don't know if it was specifically just for collecting points. <laughs> but yeah, he, he he knows I'm pretty thankful for it.
0: Right right that's awesome man that's something i should start doing then by the time my son's old enough to hunt he'll have uh or you know take him out there when he's 14 he'll have 10 points
1: yeah for sure i would i would definitely recommend that i know some some dads that i've talked to like why would i spend money on my kids he can buy his own points like well if you like elk hunting and you really don't care if your son's the shooter you i mean you might as well put in for points for him if you got you know any little bit of extra cash to spend on points but yeah.
0: yeah absolutely all right so um you go out to wyoming uh, you're you're doing a mountain hunt really good unit um what kind of scouting did you guys do before that
1: um basically the scouting i did was went over to my buddy's archery shop and said hey You've been to this unit, right? And he's like, "Yeah." And and basically, I said, "Hey, you know anything about this mountain range?" And he's like, "Yeah, there's elk in there." And he's like, "Yeah, there's." Just basically drew a couple circles on the map, and that was all the scouting I did. We uh, arrived there the night before the se- or before I first started hunting. the The elk season in Wyoming is pretty long, so it's not like New Mexico where you either draw it the first two weeks or the second two weeks. Um you can hunt wherever. I picked the second and third week of September, so I mean, I guess I was just hunting and scouting at the same time a little bit, you could say. Yeah. But yeah, I never been to the unit before. So
0: so mm-hmm. was was this a a backpack uh tent backcountry type hunt or did you guys go back to a car or a cabin every night?
1: It was just back to the truck. And I think eventually it would have turned into a back, back country hunt. And you can definitely, that unit's uh, vast enough that you could definitely do that. And it actually may have been smarter to do that. Right. But this was, we were just going from the truck.
0: And you guys were sleeping uh, in your truck then?
1: Yeah, we are sleeping in the truck when we were on the road. And then when we were, when we actually set up camp the night before. Uh, I started hunting so we slept in the tent and that was the most windiest night I've ever slept in a tent <laughs> like it was the guy line the guy lines we were look in hindsight it was not that grave a spot to put a tent cuz it was like right on the top of a ridge in a saddle so all that wind is gushing through there and the guy lines of my uh little tent are just vibrating like zzz, all night and some somehow I fell asleep that night but nice yeah that was that was pretty windy i thought we were gonna wake up to with uh no tent in the morning
0: <laughs> right right that's crazy um so the the first morning that you guys went out did you see any elk hear any elk were you uh pleasantly surprised or were you disappointed
1: yeah i was uh pleasantly surprised that first morning we were up on this ridge um, before it turned before it turned light up so we were all ready i felt like we were in elk country and That's what, uh, something I really should stress is before it even gets light, you need to basically be tiptoeing your way up where the elk are so you can be right in them when it gets first light because that those first two hours can be, um, either all you get or those first two hours can be the most magical, um, time. So I would definitely recommend those people that haven't elk hunted a whole lot, you know, get up on these high benches, um, Right as it's breaking daylight, or maybe a, you don't want to be bumping elk, but um get right up in them when it's breaking daylight. Okay. So yeah, that's that's exactly what we did, and right away I spotted a little little five by five and a four by four, and they were they were too small. I got within a hundred yards of them, and uh
0: um. So you're you're to the point. Yeah. You're to the point now in your your elk hunting career where you've shot. Two bulls and now you're I mean have did did you have a goal going into this I I take it when you have you know 11 points and a you know even though you're young and it's technically only your third you know only your third elk hunt um, when you're cashing in 11 points in a unit like that there's some kind of holdout for a higher quality bull
1: yeah, yeah, there there uh, should have been, but um, <laughs> I got a little bit trigger happy, I guess you could say, or I I didn't really judge the bull that great, but um, yeah, that 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 was the goal, I should say.
0: That was the goal. Okay, so so then, yeah, uh, did you see any like really big elk on that trip then?
1: Um, no, not uh, not in Wyoming, no. Gotcha. um yeah i yeah when went that first morning i heard a bugle down this ridge and so i just kind of like left my dad a little bit behind me and he i figured eventually <laughs> he doesn't mind if he gets left he'll just like he'll just mosey around and look for shed antlers or whatever look for what um listen for more bugles and stuff he doesn't mind if we separate and that's what's pretty cool about my dad like he doesn't get too worried about stuff like if I left him and we didn't see each other till like the next day he'd be like oh hey how's it going if we were to see each other like Yeah. he doesn't get too worked up or anything if I, I were to leave him so I actually ended up leaving him and I set my bugle tube down and I just glassed off this ridge and then I hear this bull just scream so I'm like oh pack up all my stuff pack up my binos and I start creeping down Ooh. this ridge a little bit and I get to uh get to where I think I'm getting closer and I realize crap I left my bugle tube where I last was and and I was at such a such a uh complex situation and, and like man I need that bugle tube but this bull is bugling over here so I kept going closer after this bull and uh eventually I, um he quit bugling and I couldn't really tell where he was at. And so I just, um, went back to see if I could find my bugle too, but well, I actually ended up finding my dad. And so then we kind of hunted together and then he let off a bugle and this other bull bugled again. So we, uh, started creeping in closer and, um, I always take advice from my dad pretty seriously cause he, he knows, um, he, he really knows what's up. And I was creeping into this bull way too fast, and I actually ended up basically going exposing myself way too much. And I seen a whale tail turn, and I heard this bull take off. And I got back to my dad. I'm like, "Yeah, Dad, I tried sneaking up against this up to this bull, and I I must have spooked him or something, or he caught my wind." He's like, "It's like Ben, you were going way too fast." (laughs) And I'm like, "All right." I'll slow down. I guess. Yeah, that was the end of that bull, and then we we heard another bull bugling, and this was all before noon. Yeah. And so we tried getting on that bull, and then um, that that didn't work out, and um, couldn't hear that bull bugling. And there's there's a lot of people that think elk hunting you need to go around and you bugle and you wait for them to come in, and that's like my dad almost laughs when he hears people say that because he's basically, if you, if you hear him bugling, you know where they are. You can sneak up on them. Um, it's, they're not, not, not like a whitetail. You can, you can sneak up on them and just get in the herd at least and make moves from there. Um, basically that's what we, why we bugle is just to, uh, get them to bugle and then you sneak up in on them. Like I, of the elk I've killed. I've never called one in to kill it. And, um, but yeah, we, um, hiked around for a little bit that day and ended up sitting on just a, kind of a rock outcropping on this big Valley. And this is a, this is the first night and my dad's seen a smaller bull run across this Valley and it's pretty thick, but he just seen it going through the trees and it was all covered in, um, mud cause it was wallowing. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, there's a cow and then there's a calf. And then I put my binoculars and I see this big bull right behind it. And there, there, what we're hunting was a big main drainage. And then there's a secondary drainage coming off from that. And they were on the other side of the secondary drainage. So they were coming down, and they were going to come up on our side. So I grab my bow and I sneak over to where I think they're going to come up on my side. So um, I, the look I got through the binoculars at this bull's antlers, I thought he was pretty good when he, you know, he had, you know, everything. And so I'm crouched down by this bush, waiting for these elk to come in and i was thinking about getting a little bit closer until i seen this cow the butt of the cow so i knew they were going to come up here because there was it was me on the edge of this not so much a cliff but it was a little bit of a rise and then there was a rock wall that was behind them so i knew they had to be between me and that rock wall as they were coming up and i ranged that rock wall and it was 54 yards So all of a sudden that cow and that calf start coming up this trail and I'm just holding still, hoping that they're not going to see me. And I realize that I'm kind of skyline because I had just creeped up over top of this little rise here and they came through and then she's about She's about 25 yards away from me. And she's kind of, they're kind of working their way quartering towards me up this hill and that she got about 25 yards from me and she looks at me and this bull has no idea what's going on. And I see him walking right in this, basically a shooting lane that I could shoot him. And he was, you know, probably five yards in front of this rock, rock wall. So he's probably about 50. Well, I can't draw cause this cow's looking right at me. And I don't, I know if I blow out her, I'm going to blow out him. So I just kind of waited for him to come up and, there was a rock big rock between where this bull was where I could, uh, there was a big rock between this bull and me and all of a sudden she goes and barks and she takes off with a calf going down the hill. I drew my bow as soon as, um, she did that. And all of a sudden that bull that was behind that rock gets onto this opening. I go Meah, and I stop him and I knew he was, he wasn't 50, and I knew he was past forty, so I put my forty-yard pin a little bit high on him, and he was quartering at me a little bit. I didn't realize how much he was quartering at me, but he was quartering at me a decent amount. And I shot him. I seen him where the arrow hit, and it looked like I 10-ringed him. And so I'm like, sweet. And so he goes goes down the uh, into this valley a little ways, and I take my bow and my rangefinder. And I run to the edge of this cliff because now I'm cliffed out because it was pretty steep going down this cliff. And I see this bull, and I range him. He's at 67 yards. He's sitting there with uh, just kind of looking around. And so I range him at 67 yards, draw back again. I shot shot him uh, right behind the front shoulder, but he was um, way too quartering away. I don't think it did a whole lot. And then he took a couple steps and he was facing straight away and he was kind of going up a hill a little way. So I knew, um, I knew I had to get another arrow into him just cause I wasn't sure about that first shot. Yeah. So I drew back again and just basically put it right on his tail and I shot him again. And, uh, so yeah, then he, he ran off after that and so we gave him a fair amount of time cause I wasn't sure how uh, quite where i hit him so we gave him a little bit of time and my dad's like i didn't realize you we were gonna start shooting until i see you shoot and then you shot again you shot again like yeah i got three arrows into him. so
0: yeah hopefully uh so you you ended up getting three and... arrows into this ball yeah okay yep all right so you got yep. you got three arrows into him uh he runs away how long until you found him
1: Um, We gave them about a half hour because I was pretty confident on that first shot where it landed. We gave them a half hour, and then we figured we'll just just go over this little rise and just glass from there. And um, we got over this little rise, and we didn't see it. And then we – I didn't have a whole lot of blood, but um, we just kind of kept creeping along, creeping along. And then uh, we found – we ended up finding this bull probably – Fifteen minutes after we started looking, and I I told my dad it was like the bull I shot last year, uh, five by five. Except I said I think this one's a five by six. So I said it said uh, size wise it's just like that one that I shot last year. So he's kind of oh yeah I guess you know whatever you shoot one like you shot last year and um you know it's pretty pretty good bull. And then I got up to the thing and the thing was like. I'd say it's about 30 to 40 inches smaller than what what I thought he was. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy with him, but it was, it was not quite what I thought he was. Right. But, um, yeah.
0: Well, but yeah, the successful, a a successful archery hunt nonetheless. And that in itself is, I mean, a lot to say there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of said, you know, at that time I was 23. I'm like, you know what? I'm, pretty pumped about them just because
0: it's only your third elk i haven't even shot an elk yet, right so (laughs) here you are you go Uh, on you go on three elk trips and you're you're three for three right yep yep and then uh and we're running out of time here uh but you end up right after that hunt you end up going to colorado and you harvest another bull as well
1: yeah, I'll give you the quick and uh, abridged version of that. Yeah, yeah we uh, brought that the Wyoming bolt to a processor, and we're like, all right, well, let's go over-the-counter. So me, my dad and I um, both got over-the-counter tags, so I actually had him bring his bow as well just in case if we were to come hunt over-the-counter. So he had his bow as well, and we both got uh, tags. Well, we hunted and hunted for so long and I actually ended up getting sick. I don't know what it was from. A lot of people said altitude, but normal altitude doesn't bother me that much. So, um, I got sick, so I couldn't hunt a couple of days just cause I could hardly stand opening my eyes cause the light hurt so bad. But, um, we, we basically, I felt like we drove all over Colorado trying to find places to hunt. And I, we, I almost gave up. Um, we went back into town and, my buddy said, Hey, how about just, just try out my spot. Um, just see if there's any elk there. And so we drove back into there and we, we arrived there. I think it was like 1230 at night. And it was like the, it was like two miles of two tracks, but it took us probably two hours. It was so bad. And then we finally get there. We're thinking nobody else in the world is going to be back here. We get there and there's 22 vehicles parked at this, trailhead
0: 22 and I was just
1: like what 22 and there was more um other there was atvs from camps um down the down the road as well going So many like, there there's so many people in here so we slept in that morning and we hiked in about two o'clock with our bows on our backs and camp on our backs we were planning on just camping one night we're gonna give it one last go because we hunted over the counter that in Colorado for this pride day, seven or so. Um, so we get in there and it's like, man, this is, seems pretty elky. And we get in there and my dad's like, Ben, there's a bull. And we, like, I haven't, I haven't seen an elk hardly, um, in the past seven days. So I r- basically rip my pack off, try grabbing my bow and, uh, my, don't ever do this, but my rangefinder was, like, in the bottom, like, in all my camping gear, and uh, it was way down there, so this bull comes in, and basically, if you were to stick your arms up in the air, and then, like, tilt them, that's this bull coming through the timber. Like, he had to go under this branch, and he tilts his head going under this branch, and just lets out a bagel, big old bugle, and he's coming up this hill behind these cows. And I have this shot opportunity. I drew back and I shot and I missed him. And I originally thought I hit him, but, um, yeah, he walked off and I found my arrow. There's no blood on it. And so we kept following this bull and I was, had an opportunity on a cow. I'm like, man, it's so hard to shoot a cow while you have a bull deal going, but they were slowly going down, down this mountain. And we passed this wallow with a nice meadow out there. And we're like, all right, well, let's keep going. Maybe we'll come back to that later. So we kept going, and we heard this bull bugle, and he was way, way out there. Was like, all right, screw it. We'll just sit on this wallow for tonight and see if anything comes in. <laughs> so we sat on this wallow for an hour or so, just my dad and I. And all of a sudden, we hear this bull bugle. And we're like, oh wow, it sounded like it was about 200 yards away. A little bit later, this bull bugles again. It's like, man, he's coming. So we're we're both getting ready with our bows, and um my dad's looking into the timber like thinking where he's going to come out and all of a sudden this bull pops out at 30 yards and he's standing right there and i'm like sorry dad am sister this one too that's so why i drew back and, and i think i whispered there he is i was drawn back and i drew back and i punched him right there and hit him really good and my dad didn't realize how well i hit him and and he might as well so he we flung one at him at the elk too, and the elk died right there before us. And um, yeah, wow. we got two two bulls. That was a six by six. Two so, two yeah, bulls in two. one
0: trip. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So you got four mm-hmm. four good bulls under your belt. Do you have Do you have a room in your house, or or uh, that you are hanging all these things? Because four elk of any size takes up a lot of space.
1: Yeah, I think most people would hate me for this, but the uh the 5x5 five five from 2007 got European mounted at school. The uh the New Mexico one, which is the biggest one, I got that one mounted. <laughs> and it's sitting downstairs collecting dust on the floor cuz like I, I don't know I have no idea where to put it. <laughs> and then the other two yeah, the other two from last year. I was going to do a European mounted, but I just threw them in the garage. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if uh, too many people would do that. But I was just like, well, I don't know. Hopefully, I can get something a little bit better than those. But yeah, I didn't. I haven't. I need to hang up that one from New Mexico sooner or later. But it's been <laughs> almost two years, so I don't, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon.
0: Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. well, four for four on elk uh, seems really good uh hopefully your luck continues and if you uh have any leftover luck uh kind of send it my way because i would love some
1: all right yeah yeah i'm gonna need it uh need some leftover luck this year though too yeah i'm going back
0: out so yeah colorado or where are you heading
1: um if you can believe it or not that remember that unit in New Mexico that I drew in 2007 and 2017 and it's like a I don't know, it's less than 10% chance of drawing.
0: You got it again. Yeah, huh? I, I,
1: somehow, I somehow drew that again this year. Well, so yeah, every, everybody's giving me hate for it because they're like, What'd you, who'd you have to pay in New Mexico to draw <laughs> that again? Yeah, I somehow drew that again this year and actually the, the original plan was to go to Wyoming because my dad and my brother they were trying to hold out for a little bit better unit of where I went last year, but they're like, we're never going to catch this point creep. And now with everybody going out West hunting, the, the point creep is so bad. So they're going to go to the same unit in Wyoming where I was last year. Yeah, I'm going to have a cow tag on that unit. And then so is my uh, sister's fiance. So we're, we're all, all four of us are going out there, but then I drew New Mexico. So I'm gonna be going to go out to New Mexico either by myself or my mom says she'll come with me so uh, yeah that's gonna be an adventure this year so that'll be be awesome action packed yeah
0: well hey man I really appreciate you taking your time uh, today on the podcast uh, chatting with us sharing those uh, epic uh, elk stories and uh, hopefully you can uh, get another one in the books this upcoming year man and that brings us to the end of this Friday edition podcast shout out to Ben for taking time out of his day thank you Each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen and uh, be part of this community that we've created man really appreciate that if you like it go to iTunes leave a five star review I would really appreciate it let everybody know that you like this podcast at the same time be sure you're following us on social media uh, Instagram and Facebook both Nine Finger Chronicles and Sportsman's Nation uh, I'd appreciate that uh, blah, 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 blah. huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast Lone Wolf Tree Stands Ripcord Rest wasp broadheads ozonic scent elimination prime archery and vortex optics man without those companies this is not possible and uh i'd be sitting in a cubicle still uh, probably or going back to one and i'm glad i'm not i'm in a little closet producing all these podcasts for you guys uh other than that man i'm gonna keep this outro pretty short Go have an excellent weekend. Crack a couple beers. Spend some time with your family and your loved one. If there's a if there's a family member or a loved one that you haven't talked with in a long time, call them up, say hi, shoot the shit with them for a little bit, and uh, man, just uh, be kind to one another. And if you are going to be in a tree stand. Wear your damn safety harness. Happy Friday.